0: Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by millions, James the Exploding Unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by millions, Steve Dash, Rico everybody. Welcome back to Wrong and Wronger, the podcast where we once in a while make a podcast. And James, (laughs) I've seen you way too much in the year 2023 already. I I don't know how you feel about it, but given that last week was our final episode ever, what are we doing here?
1: I clearly one or both of us got lost, but not only did we get (laughs) lost, you actually put some prep into today.
0: I did. I had to do some man work today, James. And I don't know, man. I'm, it, it's going to take some ibuprofen to get me over all of the prep I did just to show up for our fan.
1: So just, just for reference, people know what we're talking about. Not that anyone cares. But he wrapped his camera tripod snake thing around a small tree. And there were branches in the way. So he went <laughs> and he cut those branches off. That tree could live for another 200 years, but those branches are gone for good. It's, its course, its trajectory, its development have been forever altered by this podcast. This might be the greatest difference we've ever made, and not for the better.
0: <laughs> First of all, it was one branch, and as you can see right here, When you mentioned uh, as we were setting up that you can hear the breeze a little bit, I actually turned the camera some, so the microphone, like a wind vane, is kind of in the path of the wind, like going parallel to (laughs) it instead of right into it. Anyway, that has created this little branch as an obstacle to seeing my beautiful face, but it's not a huge obstacle. So I stand by my decision, James Breakwell. Hey, by the way, I peed right over there as we were getting ready to record. I just want everyone to know, little blowback to last week, but I don't have to prolong this misery this week unless you want to. But I just wanted to say, I'm here in the great outdoors. And all the haters that say, why'd you move way out there? Why'd you buy that much property? This is why, James. This is why.
1: I don't own property. (laughs) And I go to the bathroom in the house like a human being. And my life is better for it. So I don't, I don't know how <laughs> the series of words you just rambled off are supposed to prove otherwise. But I think, I think I'll just leave that point alone. You have clearly been bested by your own argument. You were defeated in your own poll. And such is life.
0: Whoa! I'm apparently, you did not look at the poll results. and uh, No, no. It was I overwhelming. Did. There were even women saying, yeah... I'm a chick, but uh, once in a while, I do have some stories. So it's not just me, James, and it's not just the boys out there. It's a boy and girl thing. It is a universal human desire, urge. It's in our DNA, man.
1: There were like three votes on that poll. And they were all people (laughs) who follow you and agree with you no matter what. So when you filter out the people whose opinions clearly don't matter, you were
0: destroyed. I see. Yes. Well, I did want to bring up, not to prolong P, as you know already, I don't prolong P. I I just let it go whenever it's time. Oh. But uh, we had another instance of the curse last week, Ooh. and this is one that I, I don't know how you can argue against the haunting on this property when something like what I'm about to tell you happens. Are you curious at all, James?
1: I am So curious. Please, please, please tell me what horrible fate befell you this time.
0: So I wasn't home. I usually leave on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I'm at the office at like five in the morning. So I leave here around quarter to four. But uh, Mrs. Steve, when I got home, and I'll, I'll give one piece of context to this also, about three or four weeks ago, we heard a bang like something hit one of the buildings or our house outside, and nothing fell over. I investigated with the flashlight i oh I did uh, <laughs> yeah mrs. Steve and i it was it was spooky enough that we went out with safeties off on the guns, like we thought there Whoa. was something going on. And uh, it it turned out to be we don't know what it was. And some people said, well, it might have been like when a predator chases prey in the dark. Sometimes they might run into the building. And I'm like, all right, well, that seems reasonable. But anyway, we kind of put that to bed. Now, this wasn't that because of the outcome. But this was another bang that (laughs) was heard in the dark at about 5 in the morning. And Mrs. Steve didn't wake up from the bang, but the dog did. And the dog has a little yappy little dog bark when he's playing. And then there's his trying to sound big and throaty and chesty growl when he's a little bit freaked out and he's in guard mode. And that woke up Mrs. Steve. Anyway, all of that to say, she investigated outside. Nothing fell over. Nothing hit the house. But she noticed in, we're uh, adding a bedroom, it's like a two-year project to put (laughs) one room on the damn house. And I know you know what I mean with your closet that used to be a shower. But she went in there, one of the windows is a double-paned window with like gas in between, Mm -hmm. and the inside pane is shattered. And it's like, I don't even know how that happens. (laughs) If uh, the outside pane was shattered, we could have thought, well, maybe like a big bird hit it or something, but it's the inside pane. And uh, I don't know how you explain that. It wasn't windy. It's not like the wall was moving and the thing was kind of getting torqued. It was a calm, five-in-the-morning, pitch-black night, and all of a sudden, pow, the window shattered. We have the Amityville Horror going here with the curse of the Rattlesnake Ranch. Well it it shattered
1: for for two reasons first the obviously because it was a curse but second it shattered for the, it shattered for the same reason my van windshield shattered it was oh. evidently somebody somewhere was drinking on the job or just didn't care they manufactured a window on a friday and there were there were some imperfections in it which took a lot, little bit of time to come out and some night when it was cold or warm the temperature was changing boom it shattered inside of there i mean there's no As much as I'd like to say it was a demon, which, you know, it was a demon. But if it was a demon, it was acting through the magic of poor craftsmanship and temperature change. and uh, and, Because, I mean, obviously nothing could fly in there to hit it. But I think the shattered window is really secondary here. The bigger story is how you reacted to the noise the first time. I've watched (laughs) so many horror movies, Steve. And it's like, okay... (laughs) Here we are, and we are inside our house. The doors are locked, the windows are closed, and we're armed. And we hear a noise outside in the dark, where we will be (laughs) at a disadvantage. You know what we should do? We should investigate. We should throw open the doors and venture out into the dark, where everything can see us and we can't see anything. And you know what? I bet you did. I bet you split up to cover more ground.
0: (laughs) Boy, it's funny you say that, James, because when you put it that way, I sort of recognize the folly of our ways. We did split up. <laughs> she went around one side of the house and I went around the other. <laughs> yeah, I. it felt right in the moment, James, but I don't know. We couldn't tell if it was a gunshot. Like, it was a pretty loud bang, but... I I don't know what we expected to find, but we were going to go out and defend our home, whatever it happened to be. We weren't going to be taken off guard.
1: Man, I just, I see those movies and I think this is so unrealistic. No one in real life would be that dumb. But apparently in real life, everyone (laughs) is that dumb. When I hear a strange noise outside, I stay inside where the noise can't get me. And that's why I'm going to live forever and you'll be dead by next week.
0: Huh. Well, it would be a lateral move at this point because (laughs) even if I go to hell when I die, James, if hell were to even exist, I would just be around demons and other cursed people. And I sort of feel at home around it right now. So it seems like it would be a neither here nor there for me.
1: I do enjoy the fact that your windows are spontaneously exploding. So you think the bang the first time, (laughs) was it like getting ready to explode? It flexed a little, then it flexed again, then kaboom? Or uh, what's your theory on the two noises rather than just one?
0: I have no idea on the first noise. I don't really understand. You know, your explanation of temperature change kind of makes sense to me. But I, I can't remember what was did you hit a bump? Were you driving? I Yeah was I was, I was driving
1: me- on a cold morning and I had my I had my heater going and blowing on it to defrost and I swear nothing hit the windshield. It just suddenly cracked and the crack went across the entire window. And this was not the first time. This wasn't its first winter. Like, this was not the first time I'd had it in the cold. This wasn't the first time it was in defrost. So I guess it had just been weak. There must have been some flaw imperceptible to the human eye that had been flexing over the months, and then it finally just gave way. So I'm guessing it's the same thing with your window. And if it worked like most windows and other things in a house work, and especially how things in your house work, it probably blew up about two days after the warranty expired. So this is all (laughs) going to be out of pocket.
0: Well, we can't afford to buy new stuff, James. Like we go to Habitat for Humanity and pick up like old construction leftover and waste. And so that's why none of our windows match in the bedroom. We just picked up three windows. They were like 50 bucks each. And if you've priced windows and recognized how long it takes to get them from wherever Mm -hmm. manufactures the windows, this seemed like a steal to us. But now we got to figure out how to get that one out. And it's a weirdly shaped window because it's not a regulation, regular size window. It's just one that we happened to pick up and thought, well, as long as we're building the bedroom, we'll just make the hole the size of the window. Oh. But I don't know what the options are at this point.
1: <laughs> you're gonna have to, You're going to have to reframe the whole thing. And that's going to take a contractor and that's going to take 16 more years.
0: Well, and we have aluminum siding that looks like log cabin, fake log cabin. Yeah. And so getting that stuff pulled off and recut, I don't know. We're going to, uh, maybe we'll just staple a hefty bag over it, James. That's got to be less work, knowing that eventually the outside one's going to shatter too, just given where we live and what we deal with every day. So I don't know why we're going to go out of our way to fix something that is ultimately doomed.
1: Let's backtrack a second here. Did you say you have aluminum siding that looks like a log cabin? Yes. I thought you lived in a log cabin. You live in a lie. You live in an aluminum-sided... Oh, monstrosity on top of a hill with exploding windows and cursed ground where you're going to get murdered outside in the dark when you split up. I just, aluminum siding, Steve. I thought you were out there for the real, natural, manly man experience, and your house is clad in the same aluminum as mine. Except my aluminum is not a lie. It looks like it's straight out of the 1970s. It's not pretending to be anything it's not. It's a layer of armor on top of the house. It looks terrible, but it will be there forever. It will survive the next apocalypse, because I am honest in all things, including the type of house I live in.
0: You used a word that is the reason we have our siding. You said armor. (laughs) The aluminum siding, it's uh, better insulated than wood. It's got, like, packed foam behind it, so it's an interesting system. But uh, termites don't eat it, and we caught a rat the size of a small calf last week, (laughs) and uh, rats can't chew their way through it. And it's uh, it's going to be weatherproof and bug-proof when we finally get the whole house wrapped in it. So you, you chose to put
1: this on here. What was on it before?
0: It was wood that had been deteriorating. Like, the, the, the part of the house that faces the sun, like the wood, you can uh, almost crumble it with your hands, the siding that's up there. So we have to rip all that off, rip off the OSB, replace, like, the 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 uh, the wall wood and then put the aluminum siding over the new wood it's going to be quite a project and i i just texted a guy today we're going with the mennonites i got the number of a guy and uh, apparently the guy doesn't have the phone somebody tells him what messages come in but we're going to try to get the guy to come out or bring somebody with him and help us get the house to where it's finally intact from an exterior standpoint
1: you know all of this is, has made me think, so clearly you, you don't care about nature you've got the you've got the aluminum siding, <laughs> you're out there you're out there mangling trees <laughs> to hang your phone and all the technology you previously went and slashed and burned a bunch of harmless weeping elms. Have you had like a forester come out and survey your thousands and thousands of acres? Maybe you've yes. got some valuable trees there that they could like cut down and save you from your your financial woes. Oh,
0: well, yes, but they're not valuable yet because (laughs) the guy who owned it before us about 15 years ago, the way he financed all this was he had all of the acreage clean cut down to the ground. Like it was bald and naked, like you shaved your head kind of bald. Okay, And uh, so he sold all that wood. The point being... The outcome was actually pretty cool, like uh, everything you see behind me used to be forested and now we have parts that aren't, so we can enjoy a lot of the land because it's a mixture of forest and field, but the caveat that he created for us is the trees you see are all 15 years old, and the forester actually said that, so until the trees reach a certain level of size and maturity, they're not really worth anything to lumber companies. But what about the sections he didn't cut
1: out, Cut down, like two-thirds of your property forested? Couldn't you just clear-cut the rest of it and turn it into a parking lot?
0: Though, Yes, uh, although have you priced asphalt or concrete lately? It'd be way it, too much. It'd be but a dirt though, parking every...
1: lot. We're going in your price range here.
0: <laughs> I can't even afford crushed limestone. <laughs> yeah, the, the forested parts of our land have trees that are 15 years old. And all the trees are the same age because they all started growing. What you can kind of see over here is the country music star 's property, and those are old growth trees to the point that she doesn't or he does oh shit he doesn 't even have undergrowth in there because the the canopy from the trees has already uh, i guess uh, competed out the undergrowth we 've got a lot of undergrowth and underbrush in ours because the canopy hasn 't developed yet. But that's what we want ours to look like, and then we will have some options if we want to sell off chunks of the wood and make a little cash
1: so did he clear cut everything and just replanted part of it, or why why is the why is the forested section fifteen years old when you've still got clear cut stuff
0: i don't I don't completely know that's a good question like how did the trees that are here how did they start and i I don't know if uh, all of the seeds go, or all, sorry, all of the trees go to seed every year and the seeds happen to be in the ground. And then through the process of mowing and bush hogging, we just sort of cut the trees down to the point that they were crowded out by the weeds over 15 years. I, I don't know. But like uh, you can kind of see behind me, we've got pine trees on the side of this hill over here. And I know those are all naturally occurring. Like nobody planted those those just happen to have seeds blow over and they started growing. And if I wouldn't be mowing in between each of them, there are little pine trees that try to come up and I would like it to be not quite as heavily pine treed, or I I don't want it to be covered in pine trees. I would like to be able to ride a four-wheeler through there and uh, just kind of sit in the trees and enjoy them. So I'm guessing that the trees we have are from either seeds that were already in the ground or they blew over from the country music star's place.
1: I guess the moral of the story is nothing of any value is on your property, including yourself.
0: (laughs) i tell you, we're trying to get the houses to where they are actually worth somebody living in, but god dang, man, it has completely broke us, both in spirit and in bank account. It's a never-ending process of trying to not go under.
1: I mean, the good news is that rat wanted to live in the house, so I guess it's still appealing to vermin. You've got your market.
0: God dang. So we put traps out to get the little field mice, because once in a while we get mice in the house. It's Mm -hmm. just, uh, you don't buy from Mother Nature, you rent from Mother Nature. So we got traps around the house, and Mrs. Steve will go around and check the traps once in a while. And then, uh, for fans of Yellowstone, we take the mice to the train station. And uh, they are immediately gobbled up by some of the things that go bump in the night. (laughs) But uh, I was at the office one day in Nashville, and my wife sent me a picture And uh, the trap was sort of wedged under something because the field mice are about that big, so they can get under stuff. And this big, it was a giant brown ass sticking out from underneath the chair that the the trap was under. And she's like, I don't even know what this is, but I don't want to reach down and grab it. And it turned out it was a big rat. And I didn't tweet the picture because it will... It, it will give people nightmares, James. Like, this thing is straight out of, like, a Wes Craven horror movie. It was big, and it was ugly, and we took that sucker on a one-way trip to the train station.
1: Was was it
0: dead? It wasn't dead at first, but we made it dead <laughs> because... <laughs> this thing was big to the point that we would have had to, like... Like, take a shovel and keep it at arm's length, because I didn't know what kind of reach it had with that trap. We use sticky traps, because those are the most effective ones that I've found. A lot of people have problems with those, because they're not humane. And I say, screw the mice. They're going to come in the house. They deserve to die a horrible death. But uh, this thing, I didn't know how much reach it had. I didn't know which foot was stuck on the trap. And it was like, we're just going to make this thing dead, so that uh, something can eat it. And uh, it didn't last the night out at the train station, James. What 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 is the
1: train station? Is this a literal train station? Is this a metaphorical train station? What's happening here?
0: Uh, for people who watch the T V show Yellowstone, the train station is a metaphor for where they take people that either they're going to kill or they've already killed and need to dispose the body. And so we've got we, we're actually looking on eBay for a Yellowstone esque train station sign that we're gonna hang on one of the trees. The train station is kinda up on the it's on the other side of that batch of trees. And uh, we just, like, leave the, the uh, rodents as a little sacrificial offering. Like when Naomi Watts was chained up for King Kong to come and take. Like, we just leave the mice there. And uh, overnight, the cleaning crew comes in, gobbles those suckers up, if the buzzards don't get them during the day first.
1: Man. So <laughs> we're, we're cleaning out our basement, and there were some chairs that I wanted to get rid of. And I put yeah. them on the corner, and after a few <laughs> days, I noticed the chairs were gone. Like somebody came yeah. and took them. That's how you recycle things in an urban environment. Right. But I'm not. I'm not disposing of corpses. Again, I live in a society. <laughs> I'm trading goods and services I no longer need. Reuse, re, repurpose, recycle. I just, I just can't sympathize with you and your your corpse disposal unit. Your murder. <laughs> your tree mangling. I just. You're you're exploding windows. It's it's not even the Wild West down there. It's like the I I don't even have the words to describe what's happening there. But I got (laughs) to believe that parts of the Wild West were good and wholesome. There were there were women and children. There were churches. There were schoolhouses. And there's this there's just none of that going on where you are. It is just (laughs) depravity and disappointment.
0: (laughs) Oh, God, it absolutely is. But I I will add to this, too, that this is the right time of year for the train station because it's mating season for the coyotes, and so they are loud and active out here. The males get pretty aggressive. Like, this is the time of year where you make sure your dog is within eyesight all the time, or line of sight? Line of sight all the time, because if you live anywhere near woods, like, the coyotes will come out and just, bam, take your dog out so they're out and about and, uh, they love the mice and I guess they love the giant brown rats.
1: You are, you are just encouraging them. You are building a symbiotic relationship. Like I think that's how human <laughs> beings domesticated the dog. And here you are out what? there repeating, you're, you're going to attract them in. You're going to lose your dog because you're baiting these things <laughs> in.
0: Mrs. Steve did mention that, that, uh, we call the deers my pets. She'll mm-hmm. be like, are you going to go feed your pets this afternoon? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to take a bucket of food out there. The coyotes are kind of my pets, too. And it is it is a strange balance because once in a while, some of our pets get eaten by others of our pets. Like, if you can see, I thought of this when I parked down here. The four-wheeler behind me is parked on, like, deer bones that I guess a coyote was laying there one night in the last couple of weeks just gnawing on a deer. And so there there are the remnants of one of my pets behind me on the ground Sheesh. because I got eaten by another one.
1: Oh this is uh this is a cruel and unforgiving place. It is not for the, the slight of heart. You uh and you're making a living out there. You're not doing it well. You're not thriving, but you do seem to be surviving. Against my hopes and wishes, every week you survive to come back here and record again. So, uh...
0: <laughs> I'm holding up the, a couple of the bones I just grabbed. I went back and grabbed them off the ground. But this is what we got going on. We'll be driving around, and there's like a, an armadillo that's been scooped out. So it's like just the shell and four legs of the armadillo. And then once in a while, well, these are leg bones, it looks like, from a pretty big deer. Like, usually it's the smaller deers that get poached by the coyotes. This is a pretty good-sized one. But we'll come across skulls and jaw bones and all kinds Man. of things happening on the ranch, James. James.
1: I think the most disappointing thing is that the things aren't killing the other things fast enough. Like you've got, you are on rattlesnake ranch. The one benefit of rattlesnakes is they're supposed to eat the rats and they're not even eating the rats, man. They're just,
0: they're just freeloading. Well, it might be that time of year where the snakes are dormant because of the temperature. They are cold-blooded, as you know, so... I am. I I did get to thinking, like, well, now that and the rats are making holes up by the deer feeder because they like the corn. So I'm like, we got to get springtime here so the snakes get active and start gobbling these things up again. Yes,
1: that will will solve all all your problems. The snakes coming back. That's that's when you know a plan has gone horribly awry. When you say, when the rattlesnakes get here, that's when things will improve.
0: We have good snakes too. We got the black snakes, the king snakes. The Black Racers, like, they they not only eat mice, but they eat rattlesnakes. So it's a, it's, a strange, it's a strange dance that we do out here, James. All
1: right. Well, I interrupted your outro with my outrage. Please continue.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure you, the listener, are feeling outrage right now because we're bleeding into the 25th minute and you got to get on with your life. So join James in feeling relief when this podcast is over because it's over. And until we meet again... Until James and I come face to phone and take up that little part of your brain that you wish you could excise. This is Steve Aliens, Dr. Steve for James the Exploding Unicorn. Frank Well saying, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Be careful to not get eaten by a coyote this week. And remember, as always, two wrongs can make a right.